0: Welcome to Books That Work, the best and most useful bits of business books. Here's the jobs that are disappearing, robots are going to take your jobs, and parents
1: are going, oh my god, my kids aren't going to have jobs, people working are going, ah, I'm going to be irrelevant, I'm getting older, or young people are going, I don't know what to study. There's this massive confusion lurking at every corner and in every conversation.
0: I'm Anna Hughes and that's Kieran Flanagan. She's talking about her book that she's co-authored with Dan Gregory called Forever Skills. We're talking to Kieran today on our Books at Work episode because our community wanted to know more about the future of work. Now Dan and Kieran have done a lot of research, a lot of interviews to come up with the findings and the recommendations in Forever Skills. Kieran's a global thought leader on commercial creativity and Dan Gregory is an expert in behavioral strategy. They've combined both of their expertise to come up with the recommendations in Forever Skills. But before we get on to our speed read, I wanted to congratulate Jen Nakora, who was the winner of the Culture Fix book from the last episode. Each week, we give away a copy of the book that we're featuring. So please give me your feedback. Follow us on Books at Work on Instagram. Provide comments on the booksatwork.co.nz page or through LinkedIn or any other way you want to give me feedback. I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to share more of what our Books at Work community is telling us and one particular piece of feedback that I loved was from one of our Books at Work members who is using each episode to build their team. They're sitting down with each book and having a conversation about what it means for them and how they can make work better. Alrighty, so let's get our speed read of Forever Skills started. Forever Skills wraps up the 12 skills that Dan and Kieran believe will future-proof yourself, your teams and your kids. It sets the scene of everything being thrown at us at the moment about the future. AI, robots, futurists, job automation, outdated education, workplaces under threat, fears that you're falling behind. It's really intense. And what Forever Skills does is throws us all a life raft, a raft of calm in this rocky ocean of what's changing, what needs changing and what's unchanging. The raft of calm in Forever Skills floats on what's unchanging, what Kieran and Dan call evergreen skills, plus the characters, traits and capabilities that are needed regardless of what the future throws at us. There are 12 Forever Skills and they're clustered into three buckets creativity, communications, and control. Kieran will shed more light on why the focus on what's unchanging and why, when we chat to her shortly. So what's in the creativity bucket? According to Dan and Kieran, problem solving, insights, conversion, and agility are the four sets of skills that will be needed for the future. They define conversion as the ability to take concepts, experiences and skills and redeploy them into new situations. They define problem solving as the ability to think, how can this be better? How can we rethink? How can we repurpose what we're doing? They say look for answers, not the answer. On insight, they talk about how can you transform things through insight, looking at signs and patterns, how you think about things, how you understand human behaviour, how you make sense of things. And agility is all around adaptability, how we can imagine an alternative framework, how can we push beyond the obvious. (laughs) The forever skills in the next bucket are influence, team building, trust and translation. And these guys define these as communication skills. So these are in the communications bucket. Why team building, according to Forever Skills? As we get increased complexity, this increases the reality that none of us is as smart as all of us. Why trust? We're exposed to more information, more opinions, more ideas than ever before. And research has revealed that trust is the ultimate intangible asset. So it has to be a forever skill. Translation. So this is the ability to assess, curate and interpret ideas and information. It's about making the simple from the complex. And influence. That's the last forever skill in the communications bucket. Influence allows us to negotiate deals. It allows us to make social change and build organisations that generate value. So bucket three, the last grouping of Forever Skills are self-control, resource management, order and implementation. Self-control is all about our ability to choose our mindset. Resource management in the future, just like today, will never have enough. Our ability to prioritise resources, spend them wisely and strategically. Our judgement and the strategy to navigate the unpredictability of resource availability will definitely be a forever skill. They say as long as humans exist, we need to know how to negotiate acceptable behaviour. Knowing how to build consensus, shape behaviours and establish boundaries. That's all part of the control bucket. And implementation our ability to be decisive, execute, show commercial acumen, and back ourselves. I've got on the line, Karen Flanagan. So, hi, Karen. Hi, Anna. How are you?
1: I am very well, considering this COVID world
0: now one thing that we do to start the books at work podcast is to find out where in the world are you and what's the view out your window at the moment well i am
1: in sydney and i'm home and i live in a terrace house so the view out the
0: window is a small courtyard with some frangipani trees oh sounds beautiful (laughs) um now, I'm really curious to understand the kind of research and evidence that has gone into forever skills. how how have you how have you discovered these skills that you've identified? Well, it was a bit of a mixed project
1: from a, a research point of view. So uh, we, my business partner Dan Gregory and I wrote the book, and a lot of it was interview based. So, we spent a lot of time interviewing amazing people. Uh, we also took a lot, look back through history books to look at, you know, just looking at what was considered essential skills, I guess, of the time, reading historical notes, but also looking at and talking to futurists about what do they think the future skills that are going to be needed, and, you know, looking at current workplace trends. Uh, lists of you know what are the, the kind of key skills so it was a blended mix of
0: uh interview and reading and research how, how big a deal is the future of work to people like how, how big a thing is that do you think well I think
1: it's enormous I think uh the world's changing faster than it ever has before and you know our ability to be employed to be useful uh is is key and it always has been and I think anyone who has children or wants to have children one day again it's a really important conversation but anyone even with a business if you work for someone or you know you have people working for you you need to be ready not just for right here right now but you need to I guess you know look slightly forward and go what what skills do we do we need to be developing in our people so we're not behind
0: really interested in the focus of the book around what's unchanging why did you st- decide to to focus on that <laughs> it's quite an easy question
1: actually well because you know in my work that I get to do and I get to you know I have the privilege of being inside a different industry most days of the week you know I have clients from all kind of industries and backgrounds and I'm also a mum and my daughter's 12 she's just started year seven this week and so you know I know a lot of parents and you know in just conversations I was having it became very clear that people were in panic People were feeling anxious. They were feeling nervous. They were feeling this tsunami of overwhelm. Like the media loves a bit of clickbait. You know, here's the jobs that are disappearing. Robots are going to take your jobs. And parents are going, oh my God, my kids aren't going to have jobs. People working are going, ah, oh, I'm going to be irrelevant. I'm getting older. Or young people are going, I don't know what to study. There's this is massive confusion lurking at every corner and in every conversation. So We wanted to take some of the panic out of that and to say, whoa, whoa there, everybody, let's take a breath, let's get some perspective. Yes, we're living in times of unprecedented change, but the things that have made people successful throughout history will continue to make people successful going Forward, And that's what we wanted. We weren't sure. That was our theory and hypothesis. So we thought we'd go out and talk to people about that. And what became very evident was that human beings uh, are successful primarily because of these core skills. And that, you know, the stuff that changes around us is stuff you can learn and stuff you can adapt to. But you fundamentally need these kind of buckets of skills if you're going to be employable, useful, contributing member of the world and if you want
0: to drive success so can we dig a little bit into those core skills and one of the 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 first one is creativity so really keen to dig into what does somebody who has creative capability that will help future proof them what does that look like what sort of skills and capabilities do they need well creativity so we have three big buckets and creativity is one of those and
1: creativity was our first bucket because what we realized and talking actually a lot to futurists and AI sort of uh, background of people, is that AI is coming faster than we know. So, you know, I love a quote from my friend Anders Sormann-Nielsen, and he said, you know, change goes really slow until it goes really fast well adopting technology and i think we're seeing that so ai is precipice it's slowly seeping into our everyday lives and it's coming faster than you know but what ai currently and for the very long term foreseeable future cannot do is what our human brain can do which is collide ideas It's to bring together disparate things, to bring together. AI works on repetition and repetition. So I always say, you know, if you can replicate it, we'll automate it. And we can't automate creativity yet. Yes, we can automate some kind of basic forms of repetitious creativity, but that idea that the human brain is capable of seeing things that aren't obvious to be seen of reading a study about hotels and reading a study about um technology and deciding to create airbnb do you know what I mean? Like it, the, a computer could never do that because it's not wired for that right now. So that became really important. So skills like insight, which is our first skill under creativity, it's, you know, can you make sense? Can you take information and data and numbers and all this stuff coming at you? You know, we live in a world where we're entering the era of the zetabyte, uh, which is a crazy. It's like 1 to 17 zeros in case you're wondering. And we're making... Uh, I think 43 zettabytes of data a day, which is equivalent of taking all the stars in the observable universe and multiplying them by 40, just to give you some perspective of that. (laughs) So we're entering this era of this, but what do we do with it? So what? We need people who are creative, who can look at that and go, so what? And I think that becomes really key because i would say to everyone listening you're more creative than you think most people don't think they're creative so one of the things we do in the book is just talk about that a little and go actually creativity is problem solving it's insight generating it's being agile it's being able to convert something from one form into another and it's not oh i'm good at painting artistry is not creativity it's a form of expression and it can be creative but it's not necessarily a creative skill but we get really confused and we go oh I, I can't draw therefore i'm not i'm not creative and i i would like to debunk that and go we all need to be good problem solvers
0: i love the effect that you've addressed that because you know uh artistry is not creativity that's just beautiful i love it because you know creativity has got a, a thing about it that uh is different to how you describe it in forever skills so i think that's really encouraging for so many of us who do have those skills that you're talking about and what that might mean for us for the future so cool thank you um i wanted to just focus a little bit on the second cluster of skills which is communications and as someone who has got a background in communications uh, often heard communications talked about as soft stuff um, so really interested to see that that's elevated as a thing for the future. Tell me a little bit more about why that's the case and what, what you actually mean by communications.
1: Well, again, communication, I guess, has been around throughout history. And what was fascinating was, I can't tell you the number of conversations with incredibly successful people from all kinds of fields of life and backgrounds. And when we one of the questions we asked them was, what do you think the key skills that made you successful and got you to the position you're in what do you think they were and overwhelmingly communication in some ilk was one of those skills overwhelmingly any person who'd gotten themselves in what society would deem as successful climbed to the top of a company was a you know world champion athlete any one of them would say communication was critical And that's because human beings can't work in silos. If we want to be successful, we can't build ourselves alone. No one will buy your stuff. No one will, you know, show up to engage with you. No one will hear your idea. And a lot of people have cleverness and smarts, but they fail because they fail on communication. They don't know how to take what's in their head and transfer it to another person. They don't know how to take their enthusiasm and passion for customer service or something and transfer it to another person. So as long as human beings are in societies, we're gonna need to take communication. We're gonna ne- need to take what's in us or what we want get to get other people to do and we're gonna need to transfer that to get, an, get a reaction and get an action. So that's why communication is in there. Can you persuade? Can you influence? Can you motivate? Can you express an idea? Can you emotionally connect? Can you build a community? Those things are absolutely critical and communication is a fundamental cornerstone of success. And it will not go away. Whether we're texting someone or whether, you know, we're sending an email or whether we're standing up and giving a speech – or whether we're running a webinar, or whether we're just having a team meeting or a phone call, it doesn't matter. We need to be great at communication.
0: In your definition in the book of what communication is, when I was reading those things, I thought, hmm, these look like leadership skills. Um, Is that where we're heading in the future, where everybody needs to have these basic skills that are now considered leadership skills to survive? Or am I reading too much into that?
1: Look, I think they are, in the leadership bucket, I guess. But I would argue that everybody's leading somebody somewhere. You know, one of the things I we talk about in the book is that, you know, a lot of people have an aversion to the word selling. And we're all in the business of selling. If you're a mom, you're selling vegetables and bedtime and clean tea uh and those and not swearing or whatever it is getting off your technology these days let's face it and why you should go outside into the big wide world so we're all selling right if you're single and you want to get a partner you're selling if you're a leader and you want to get your people to do something you're selling if you're an entrepreneur and you want to get new customers you're selling so that is a fundamental communication bucket is it i think we're all like we're all selling we're all trying to get someone to see our point of view we're all trying to get the Response we want. We're trying to get where we would like to go. We're trying to make the things we want to happen happen. And that means we need to lead those people around us to make sure that that can happen. So in that sense, yes, you may not have a physical team, you may not be running a big company, you might not have 20 people that you know report into you. But I guarantee, in every aspect of your life, you are trying to get someone else to do something
0: that you need them to do in order for you to progress. The third bucket was around control, and to be honest, this was the hardest bit in the book for me. <laughs> um, quite keen to, you know, pull that <laughs> apart a wee bit, and um, yeah, what, what do you what do you mean by control? It was, look, for the palette of three Cs,
1: we debated control because we knew it would be a trigger word. So it's interesting that you said this was the hardest because we knew by nature, and you know we're big studiers of human beings, that controls one of those words that people have a reaction to. So when we talk about control, we what we realised, and again, in all these conversations we had and looking back through time and, and talking to futurists, what became critical was that, We need to exert control onto the things around us. So what's always going to matter if, again, when we live in developed societies, when we want to be employed, is that control needs to happen. And those things are like, can I control myself, firstly? You know, can the people that succeed in life, and let's face it, this is about being successful. This isn't about, you know, getting up and staying alive. This is how do we thrive and succeed. The people that can succeed are able to develop self-control they're able to control their thoughts their emotions their feelings to keep positively taking actions and that became really critical and it became key you know the more we talk to people we're like oh they've all got this in common that they had this ability to control themselves there's a resource management came up so resources become critical and again you know it's it's what's finite anything that's finite we need to control We need to go, what am I going to do with my time? What am I going to do with my energy? What am I going to do with my money? What am I going to do with my space? Like all of this becomes critical. And people that do well manage to control their resources. They manage to apply them really smartly. So we saw that. Then there was order, which is, again, can we create social order? Let's face it, we cannot function without some kind of controls we have to have agreed behaviors we have to have agreed team behavior we have to create order or there will be absolute chaos and throughout history a lot of societal development has been around building order out of chaos and it's actually where we progress as kind of a community so that becomes critical and the last one was implementation so implementation was can you make your idea happen Can you, yes, you can have a million ideas, you can have all the best intentions in the world, but those who do well and always have make an idea happen. They control all the things around them that they can and they push through and they have that come to fruition. There's so many people that go, oh, well, I've had that idea. Someone else did it. Or I would have liked to have spoken. You know, We see this lack of, I guess, control in a way where we leave it to hope and chance and optimism and all these things. And what we found was that if you can't implement, you will never, ever, ever be successful. It's just fundamental. So that controls a weird word, but it's when you really think about it, it's can I control external factors as much as I can? Can I control myself? and can I control my time, energy, money, those kind of things? And can I have enough control that I make something happen?
0: Future of work was identified in the market research as something that people wanted to hear about, and I love this perspective on it. Um, we've got other books coming up that have a different perspective, but I really love this this uh, this, this perspective. So, thank you. Each books at work episode, we give people five actionable things to try or adopt at work. Just wondering if you've got five that you could share with us. Uh, So I might go through the buckets uh, because that might be fun. Uh,
1: And I would say uh, creativity-wise, I would challenge people uh, to do more work. So uh, there's a tool I teach often, we call it the box method. It's about doing more than one idea. So most people go, they get stuck on one idea and they don't progress beyond that. So the game is that you try to put as many ideas on a page as you can. You put boxes all over the page and whatever problem you have, what to have for dinner, what should you call that thing you're doing, uh, what's a really great new innovation the team can try and you have the discipline of putting an idea into every single box and you don't get up and you don't leave the page and you don't judge the ideas as you go until you fill one in every single box. So I would challenge people to do more ideas than they currently do. If they want to get better at creativity and they should want to get better at creativity, do more than you currently do. Start exercising your brain muscle. I think that's absolutely critical. In the same bucket, I would say start to turn your statements you're making into questions because questions open possibility and statements shut them down. So if you think about it, if you came across a body of water, we're on some epic quest, (laughs) and one of us said we need to build a bridge, we would get a bridge. But if we came across a body of water and we said how do we get across the water, we may not get a bridge. So if whenever you find yourself just trying to problem solve, if you have the discipline of turning the thing you said into a question, not a statement, so how to or how do we, not we need her, I think that's a really, really powerful thing to do. So I would say make sure you start to ask more questions instead of making statements. So in communication, I would say we all need to be studyers of human beings and there's something in there, uh, there's a little model in there called the behaviour gap, which I always say that, you know, you get influence when you think about the gap between what people say they do and what they actually do. So they say that and they do that and in between is magic because in between is influence, it's product ideas, it's how do we close the gap. So I'd say think about that. Become an observer of what do I do, what do people say they do and how can I close that gap in the middle.
0: That's three. That's three? Two. Yep, two Uh, more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay, so fourth tip is to think about the three spheres of change so again if you're facing a lot of change uh, think about what's changing so you know but think about what needs changing as well so it's not just happening to me what would I like to affect back the other way and to also always stop and say what's unchanging most change programs or changes we make in ourselves fail because we fail to anchor it to something familiar to us. So we try to make too radical change and we don't anchor it into the familiar. And the last one I'd say is mentally, stop beating yourself up. It's okay to beat yourself up, we all do it. But what we know, and you know, my business partner Dan and I talk a lot about how do we actually accept who people are and design systems and processes in spite of them? So how do you design something that means even on your worst day, you can still make some progress? you know, how do you hack yourself? I talk about, you know, go hack yourself. And the more we understand ourselves is like, I might even make a book, Go Hack Yourself. Uh, the more we understand ourselves, the more we can have fun with that. So if you think about it, if you've ever gotten an early flight and you had to get up, what do you do? Most people put their phone on the other side of the room. So you have to get out of bed, to make sure you go and turn it off and you can't go back to sleep once you're up, right? That's hacking yourself. It's not trusting motivation and inspiration and diligence to make it happen. It's building a system that works no matter what. And I would say start to take that mindset on. There's nothing wrong with who you are. You are absolutely perfect. You're very human. The more you accept yourself and work around you and build systems for you, the more success you will have.
0: Kieran's Take Five is summarised in an infographic on booksatwork.co.nz. Please check out our Instagram page, Booksatwork, and give us some feedback about what you liked and didn't like in today's episode. I'm Anna Hughes, and that's Books That Work, Making Work Better.